0: children do not come with directions, if you haven't realized this already, no matter the age, you could have one child or ten and not one is the same. Each person has their own likes, dislikes, and ways of doing things. What one child responds to, the other may not. So welcome to It Wasn't in the Manual, The Art of Parenting Your Own Way. This panel discussion is all about hearing each other, sharing perspectives and stories, and gathering as a community in this journey called parenthood. Welcome to the space. Hello, all. Welcome to the space. Thank you so much for your patience, all my people joining me. Um, These conversations are real. There is no manual that comes with a child. The books cannot tell you exactly how your child will, will respond, or what to do if blank. There are so many variables. These conversations are all about bringing together different people to have a discussion around the topic of parenthood. We get to laugh, be serious, be curious, ask questions and listen to each other. This is a safe space to connect with fellow parents and discover care for self and our children and show up as the most authentic humans and a parent as we can be. I am excited to talk today to this panel of dads. Um, besides my partner in crime, Kyosha and I, we here the representing the two women, but I personally feel like dads are not heard from enough. And we are so excited to hear how this conversation unfolds. So dads, please invite yourself up. Since you're unmuted, Xavier, what we're going to do first is um, we're just going to have each person introduce themselves. And so just say your, your name and say, how many children you have, and um, then we'll move on to the next person. So, Xavier, take it away.
1: All right. uh, Xavier Smith, a.k.a. Coach X, and uh, biologically, I have one daughter, and um, I'm married into like a Brady Bunch, so I have actually four more kids that are all full-grown, so...
0: Yes, I forgot to say that, thank you. Ages two, if you could.
1: Okay, uh, well, I think my daughter is actually the youngest. She's in her 30s and it goes all the way up to, I think 46,
0: no, 43, 43. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. And Mr. Neal.
2: Hello, hello, can you hear me okay?
0: Yep, you're good.
2: All right, uh, hello everyone. I'm Neil from neopositivity.com. I have a daughter that is 21. I have a son that's 18 and another son that is four. Um, I guess that's that's it, right? That's all we were putting out there for now. Yeah,
0: and you are you are a single father, correct? Correct. Yes, thank you. Okay, and Jim. Hey, uh,
3: good evening to everybody. Uh, my name's Jim. Um, I have five children. Um, my oldest is 41. The, the first four were girls, daughters, and my youngest is the son, and he is 33. And I feel sorry for the poor guy as he's got uh, <laughs> five mothers. Um, and in addition to that, I have 12 grandchildren.
0: Wow, wowzers. Okay, thank you and tj
4: sure hey everybody my name tj and i have a one-year-old son and a four-year-old son thank you
0: okay perfect and miss kiosha you just joined in why don't you introduce yourself
5: Oh, there I am. Hey, guys. (laughs) I am Kyoshila Lafleur anders I'm a writer and publisher, and I'm so excited to be having this conversation with y'all. And thank you, Hollis, for letting me join in.
0: Yeah, of course. So happy to have you. You're my partner in crime on this. (laughs) So, okay. So, gentlemen, so we're going to get this conversation started. So, as I said in the beginning, I'm just, um, I feel like dads don't get uh, heard from enough from my perspective, and when Kiyosha and I were talking, um, moms are so often the uh, the the loud ones. <laughs> and and um, I just want to be able to put these questions out here. The, the uh, conversation is free-flowing, but structured around some questions. So we're going to start with the first one, and then we'll kind of like take turns as a roundtable um, I'm not sure. We'll see how it goes. If people want to unmute themselves, if I call on people, we'll kind of see how it unfolds. But the first question is, but definitely when you're not talking, if you could mute yourself just so there's no background noise, that would be great. So the first official question is, have you always wanted to be a father? So whoever wants to open up the conversation with that, that's the first question.
2: I, I go for this one uh neo, okay. neo with his hand raised because um, <laughs> i i suspect i'm the only person that's going to say no uh, mm-hmm. to this question
0: i don't know we'll see i uh, yeah it's okay go ahead neil and xavier if you could just please mute go ahead neil
2: yeah i um i used to be a police officer in new jersey uh, the most dangerous it was, at the time is the most dangerous city in America. And my dad was a sergeant there, a bunch of my other uh, cousins were cops. you know I went to school and was born in that town and it just made me not want to subject anybody to what earth and the government politics, politicians slime in this taxes made me not want to put anybody proactively put anyone in that situation. so for a long time, you know, I didn't want to have kids just for that. I wanted to be a parent. I wanted to be a good dad because my father was a great father and I wanted to show that love to someone else. But the amount of BS that comes with this life, I didn't want to put that in on anyone. Um, and obviously that quickly changed when I had my daughter. Mm. But yeah, to answer my ask you question, no.
0: I love what you just said though. You said you wanted to be a good father. So even at the age, so tell everybody how old you were when you had your first child.
2: Uh, I was 20, I think, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So when you were 20, did you think about the fact, did you want to be a good dad? Or did you ever think that, even though Mm -hmm. your job proved no, you know, you didn't want to do that?
2: All through high school, I wanted to be a good father because most of Mm -hmm. the people I knew didn't have one. And mine showed up to every game. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to reciprocate that back to him, which obviously I couldn't because he didn't play sports anymore. But I knew I wanted my child to have that type of love and support. But that, you know, that was in high school. As soon as I started paying bills, you know, started figuring out what the real world was and who FICA was, everybody knows FICA. <laughs> 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 and, you know, elections and all that other stuff and Congress, I was like, hold on, this is a this is a losing battle. You know, mm-hmm. white, black, Spanish, this thing is built for us to lose bad. Um, So, yeah, I just didn't want to put anyone through that.
0: Mm. This is good. And thank you for this, because as we have this free flowing conversation, add your story to it, you know, add your, please add your story to it because that's what makes it rich. And that's what, you know, makes your story yours. Uh, It's, it's a community. So. I know as women, there's so often the thing of, um, So, the last thing I'll say before you get to somebody else, is, you know, some people are like, oh, when I was was young, I always wanted to have kids. I wasn't one of those people. But, um, yeah, just curious about that, this question, like, from a father's perspective, were you that kind of person where you were like, oh, yeah, someday I always want to be a dad and then kind of add your story to it, so.
5: Well, you know, Hollis, I was going to say, I think that's why I'm enjoying just the the conversation with the dads because I wasn't that mom either mm. I was I was I wasn't the one that planned like I know girls that had um, this idea that they would have five children three boys two girls they knew their names and all that stuff and I I just wasn't um, even about getting married I I wasn't that just wasn't my thing so it's interesting to hear the dads speak about their perspective on it
0: mm. thank you exactly OK, actually, for less confusion, how about Jim? You're next.
3: Hey, uh, yeah. So um, I, I myself got married at, at, at a young age. I was 22. Um, and, and actually, it kind of leads to my story because I, got, I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. Um, you, you know, I um, got offered a job in Boston. And the whole reason I got married, I was dating my current you know, wife. Um, we've been together for 44 years. Um, and, and the conclusion came, I grew up Irish Catholic. So you couldn't live together unless you were married, according to my parents. Mm
0: -hmm. So
3: we got married and moved to Boston together and, um, didn't have any real plan, like never really planned to have children. Um, ended up having our first at 25 and our last, you know, nine years later, um, and, to, you know, none of them were actually planned, but, you know, like typical Irish Catholic, we did nothing to sort of prevent, it. From <laughs> happening. you know, not too, not too bright, you know, like with those, um, um, we, we always wanted children. Um, did I want them at the age of 25? Uh, I don't know. But, you know, in, in hindsight, it actually work, has worked out really well because now I'm young and I have grandchildren and, you know, they're, they're better than kids. <laughs>
0: uh, Why? Why? Uh,
3: you, you don't have to discipline them. <laughs> you, you just have to love them. <laughs> you know, we're, we're your children. You have to be a little, you know, you have to make sure they're on the right path and you know, all the things that you need to do as a, as a parent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great. Thank you, Jim. Uh, TJ.
4: Yeah. So I think, you know, like, uh, like Jim, I come from an Irish, Irish Catholic background myself. And so I don't think there was really any, any real plan, like any decision that I made in my, in my mind at any particular moment, other than I just kind of knew that, you know if i if i did get married then um then we would eventually have kids and i think my wife would probably say differently but i don't really think that we <laughs> we <laughs> planned it out either but i think there was a calendar being kept if i'm honest
0: <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> um Yes, yes, yes. So it was basically a given um, that it would happen. But no real plan in that. So actually, so TJ, were you one? Did you ever think about it when you were in high school? Like, oh, I'm going to be a dad one day.
4: I mean, I think it was just kind of like, I don't know. I'm kind of weird, right? Like, I don't really think things. I think a lot, but I don't really think things through, if, if that makes any sense. And so I think I thought a lot about my future and what it might look like and the vision that I had during those those thinking times did include kids. Um, but in high school and, and college and stuff, there wasn't like a, oh, I definitely have to have kids or I know that I want kids. It's just like, yeah, they're, they're going to be kids and I'll kind of deal with that when uh, when it happens
0: got it yeah cross that bridge when you come to it yeah how about you Xavier
1: <clears throat> well uh, can you hear me first of all I put my headset on so I don't know if I can yes okay
0: yep you're good uh,
1: so for me I I, uh, I kind of jump on the same train as Neo and a couple of other the other gentlemen um, I did not plan in any way shape or form on um, being a dad and in, in my upbringing uh, you have to understand my grandparents raised me primarily and my grandfather was a pastor so very religious background and at that time <laughs> being a grandson of a pastor I had certain privileges and so the bottom line for me was I was just trying to sow my oats and. Have fun without the responsibilities, because that's what I was taught. You so, and you'll have to understand that my father played uh, keyboard, and he he was self-taught, but he got fell in line with Ike & Tina Turner, Gladys Knight, and the Pips, and a lot of the famous bands of the '70s. So he you know he lived that certain type of lifestyle. So what I learned was we were just supposed to have fun and Mm. um, just forget about everything else. So uh, I did not plan on like in high school and stuff. It was more about playing sports and seeing how many girlfriends I could collect (laughs) and um, and go from there. So, yeah, to answer the question, it was not on my calendar at all. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for all of that. Is there anybody that wants to add anything on that topic before I move on to the next one?
2: I'm just curious. Um, Everybody can answer if they want. Uh, For the people who said that it wasn't on, you know, their list of things to do, was that for life? Or was it like, I'm not gonna have kids for a while? Or was it like, I'm never doing that? Good question. Uh, For me, I know my,
1: picture that i put in my head as far as how my life would turn out did not involve kids no so i thought i was a lifer of being single and just um you know doing what i wanted to do but and it didn't happen
0: <laughs> the story changed with the one sh- child of your own and then four oh so, yeah 40. yeah four
1: got married into a family that already had kids so i'm like oh this is different
3: but it's cool now
0: yeah thank you did anybody else want to say anything
3: um yeah for for me um it wasn't I, i i always envisioned myself having uh children but again i had them i started at age 25 and then it seemed like i had one every year for the next 10 years um you know that that was never in my plans. You know, I I was thinking more I'd have them a little later in life. Um, but like I said, being Irish Catholic, you know, probably didn't do a whole lot to stop that happening. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Catholic guilt. Thing. <laughs>
0: Thank
3: you. you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So before I move on to the next question, I'm just kind of feel guided to ask because the whole thing with being a single parent, with being a step parent, with being, you know, having a partner um, along for the ride, um, I guess, Neil, starting with you, I'm curious because if you could help tell your story a little bit more, because uh, you were a single dad at a very young age.
2: Yeah, uh, my my baby mom, you know, she got into drugs, and you know, obviously, I was a police officer, um, specifically narcotics and guns, and what it, it wasn't mixing, it wasn't mixing, and then she she made a couple uh, mortal errors, you know, mm-hmm. that just made it easier for me to slide away, and um, you know, there was, you know, we had the whole custody with you know, all, custody's always a big thing with court dates and all that other stuff, but I ended up, you know, getting residential custody of my kids and they've lived with me uh, ever since. So, you know, my daughter, she's about to be a brain surgeon. You know, my son just graduated high school. So, um, and their relationship with their mom, you know, she just, I didn't have it like other people to where, you know, visitations and arguments and stuff like that, their mom would just disappear for, Sometimes two, three years at a time. So I really didn't have, you know, much drama or anything like that from her in that respect. In the beginning, I did because she would just show up, and but then she would disappear for six months, and then show up, and then disappear for six months. And the court ordered that we that I had them ready every Sunday, dressed and ready to be picked up. And I'm like, you know, I even went to court a couple of times. Like, yo, it's been six months. Nobody's heard from her. You're like, I want to go to the beach i'm mm-hmm. gonna go to spend the weekend somewhere else and uh and they you know they refused it they would always refuse they said nope sunday you better be home at 12 ready to get picked up um so yeah that was the only bad part but after so long and the kids got old enough to really make their own decisions you know 13 12 years old like, i mean, i know she's not coming you know we just did what we wanted mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. god it just amazes me so young with all that
5: responsibility. I have a question about that. Um, cause I've always wondered this speaking, since you were a dad and mom wasn't present in the home and in their lives, how do you feel like, cause you know, you hear women all the times, like single moms will say, um, I've had to be the mom and dad, which if we look at that overall, a lot of the times with their meaning, of course, norm, not, not in every situation, but you would assume that moms are more nurturing and that sort of thing. And then dad mm-hmm. is the disciplinarian and he comes in and he, you know, so I've always wondered from a dad's perspective, being a single dad, when mom is not there, how hard was it or how much of a challenge was it for you to tap into the nurturing and like that side that moms normally kind of step in and, and take care of?
2: Um, I'm, I'm like a, psychology guy i've always been obsessed with the brain and how it works um so i guess i was one step ahead of the game i took courses and all that um so when it came to raising my kids i knew i had to play both parts so i did and i knew i had to check myself before saying certain things uh, so i did and i actually grew up without my mother which Mm. means i had to learn what i learned about women from the girls in high school, seeing my football friends dog them out or treat them like dirt. It gave me a real, real uh, respect for women. And I wanted to show my daughter, they always say daughters go after guys, you know, they end up marrying guys that are like their fathers. And so when you mix all that up and constantly checking, checking, checking yourself, making sure you're uploading the right information into them as often as you can, uh, you end up reprogramming yourself. To being a better person, that way it's just secondhand and it just happens. So you know, although they didn't get the compassion they might have gotten, and the empathy and, and enabling that they might have gotten uh, if their mom was around, uh, I'm 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 sure they got enough of what they needed.
5: Oh, I love that! Thank you,
0: thank you for answering that. Yeah, thank you for that question. That was a good one to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, before we move on, anybody have anything else to say about anything there?
1: I was just going to okay. step in and say thank you, Neil. For uh, appreciate you sharing that. That's uh, some sage wisdom right there. I got you, brother.
0: <laughs> right. So okay. Yeah, so I'd have
3: to I'd have to uh, agree with that because I I'm I'm always impressed with people that can um you know raise children you know by themselves mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's, it's not easy when there's two people.
0: Agreed truth. This is the whole thing. They don't come with instructions. Often don't know what we're doing. Um so second question do you feel like you parent at all in any way like your father? Maybe TJ, let's start with you.
4: Sure. Yeah, I've been thinking about this question actually, um, as I've been get, as as I was getting ready to uh, to come on here uh, this this afternoon, and I think there's parts of me that does uh, that does parent like my father, but if I'm honest, my personality and all of the things that make me <laughs> a lot of the things that make me who I am. Predominantly, are, come from my mother, and I think that you would most most people who know me would probably say, you know, yeah, he's not the most masculine guy. <laughs> so in that regard, you know, I tend to be um, I tend to be pretty nurturing to my boys, and um, and and kind of show up in in that kind of. Maternal way uh, in in some ways that my friends who are fathers really don't understand. Um, My dad was a quiet guy, and my mom or is a quiet guy, and my mom um, is much more out outgoing um, in in different ways. And um, my dad would you know kind of sit. He was very he's very engaged with us, but he's much more quiet and kind of in the background, just kind of quietly quietly serving um, and there are parts of me that are like that, but I think when, when you ask the question, do I parent like him? Um, I would probably say not so much.
0: Hmm. I like what you brought up though, which is a very important, important point. Cause you said your personality is different.
4: Right? Yeah. My personality is very different, uh, from, from my father. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Which kind of just as a human and as a person, as we parent, we parent, you know, our personalities are just different and we show up as gen- generally, as authentically as who we are. So unless we're trying to be something else and then that just doesn't feel right. good.
5: Yeah, I agree with that. I agree right. with
4: that. Yeah, I think, you know, for for, for me too, like I I'm, I, I'm spending like a lot of time now that, you know, with my kids being so young Um, spending a lot of time really trying to pay attention to uh, because for people who don't know me on here um, I am a licensed clinical uh, professional counselor and um, I work with uh, couples oftentimes and a lot of those couples are in in some pretty challenging situations and usually uh, have kids involved and so um, I, I see what's happening uh, on, from the outside and then I have the book knowledge of child development. So I spend a lot of time not necessarily uh, looking at, you know, people to emulate, but kind of looking at myself and seeing like, what am I doing? Uh, what decisions am I making that are not going to be beneficial to, to the child? Um, and to their, to their development. I fail a whole lot of times um, in that regard because um, I'm not a therapist when I'm being a father. So, right. <laughs> so all of that kind of goes out the window, but then afterwards I can kind of take a step back and I can see, um, kind of play the game over again, move the chess pieces around and be like, okay, so next time this happens, um, I can try it this way and see how it goes.
0: Mm. So much wisdom in that. But when are we ever like, when are we, we're always or so often it's easier to be the therapist or to see things more clearly from the other end instead of when we're in it.
4: Yeah, it's a really privileged place to be actually. <laughs> um, and, and kind of being able to to take a step back and not have to like be, be in the middle of it. But when, But when we are in the middle of it, it's really difficult.
0: Yosha, did you want
5: to say something? Well, I just thought about something, which is super interesting, because I know, like, for my husband, he's always been really good about cutting off profession and then home. Me, not so much. So I wonder um, how much of your careers for everybody, does it spill into your parenting? So, like, example... um, as a therapist well that's an easy one so you try not to like so if your kid is sitting on the couch and you're trying not to be the therapist right now but at the same time you're trained in it right so you don't well or like for example my husband is a sports performance coach and my my sons play football but he has to be careful to not be coach and to be dad like how much because he said that before like Um, Actually, my oldest son had told him years ago, he's like, I just need you to be my dad right now, not my coach. Mm -hmm. And so then he was conscious of it to say, oh, okay, so I am like kind of, it's almost like he's blowing the whistle and giving direction when he's at home, where my son was like, I just need to have a conversation with you right now. Like, I don't even want to talk about football. I just want to. So he's been really good about that. How much of what you do outside of parenting as a dad, being that authority figure, how much of what you do is spilling into your parenting and into fatherhood?
2: I want to jump in on this one um, because that is all dependent on how aware you are of your mentals. And I I equate that to how much of a, how much of a spiritual person you are. Um, Can you wake yourself up and catch yourself being a coach before years go by and your son has to, you
5: Mm -hmm. know,
2: Pop boils over, tell you to stop doing that. And you've already done um, so much damage. So that comes with how mentally aware you are, which sadly enough, not a lot of people are, but you know, obviously it's rising um, in this world. To go back real quick, no, I don't parent like my dad. Uh, he was a great parent, he is a great parent. And uh, I use what he, I use the right from wrong. You know, obviously he was a Sergeant in the Police Department, he knows what's right and what's wrong but he didn't raise a child when the internet was around. That makes all of us have to adjust. <laughs> you know, Back in the day, I used to get my butt whooped, you know, frequently because I kept missing my homework. I, I couldn't bring myself uh, to hit my kids. It just wasn't right. Plus, you know, everybody's screaming child support. I'm not child support, child abuse and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So there are a lot of things that are different but the moral code and right from wrong is, uh, is definitely the same.
0: Mm. Thank you, Neo. Jim or Xavier, to answer what Kiosha said in the questions. Um,
3: well, so I, I, in my situation, I would say, um, you know, much different than my dad. My dad grew up in an environment where, you, you know, work was his priority and my mom took care of the kids. Um, you know, that, that was his role. I mean... You know, to the point where, you know, as a kid, if I joined, I was the oldest of five myself um, and four years older than my next sibling. So if I joined a sports activity, I could join as long as I was going to get there myself. Like he, you know, my mom couldn't take me because she was watching four other kids. And, um, you know, you know, my dad just wasn't around. So I. I, for you know, I own my own uh, CPA firm and work for myself, so work can become very overwhelming at times, like all of us. But I always made sure um, that I made time to be actively involved in every aspect of what uh, you know my children were doing, from sports to whatever activity they were involved in, by either coaching, volunteering. Showing up, you know, for every event, you know, just to sort of be, you know, you know, involved to listen and understand, you know, you know, what's important to them. Um, and I agree with you, Neo, about you know today. In when my kids grew up, cell phones were just starting to come into play, and I often make this comment that, you know, in the early days of my children's uh, development, I always knew who their friends were, and friends kind of indicate. What your child is like, Um, you know, and and I feel bad for parents nowadays because I don't I don't even think they know who their friends are, because, you know, back in the day, they'd have to call the house. Mm -hmm. and You would absolutely knew who was calling and you knew, you know, who their friends were. And you could kind of get some evaluation of is your, your child hanging around with the right person, right people, you know, where nowadays, you know, you don't have a clue. It, it's got to be difficult. Oh,
0: my gosh. You brought up so many amazing points right there. But I do kind of want to circle back to Jim for a minute where you said, so cr- tell me if I'm right on that. It sounds like because you said like when you were younger and you wanted to join a sport, it was your responsibility to get there so here you were making a conscious choice to do the opposite it was like the contrast like i know that i don't want it to be this way for my kids so you went above and beyond coach volunteer to be really present
3: yeah absolutely and and i laugh because when i talk to my son you know my son uh, does not have any children he's my youngest and we talk about parenting and you know we talk about like how my style was he wants to know what my dad's style. And then he's always quick to tell me, well, I'm going to be a much better father than you. Say, <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> you know, what it, have, have some children and let me know how that works out. Right.
0: And what does that even mean? Like from his perspective, you, you know, just, you know uh,
3: it, maybe being more emotional, um, you, you know, because my wife was more. And again, Neo, that's why I'm impressed that you did this a lot on your own is, you know, my wife could be that emotional uh, support for them where I could be that, I'll say, uh, you know, father, more a father figure type person. Not that I wasn't emotional or, Mm -hmm. you know, um, but just it could be different, you know.
0: Mm -hmm. And yeah, thank you for sharing that. You never know until you're in it. (laughs) Like... You have no idea what this is
5: all
2: going to look that's like. so true. You know, I'll, real quick, I want to step in and shine a little light. I don't want anyone to think I did this all by myself. I'm Puerto Rican. I'm half Puerto Rican. And that's the side I grew up with my father and we're a real like heavy leaning on family. Um, and that's what I did. You know, my dad is my best friend. He's always been my best friend. I'm going to see him Sunday. I'm gonna see him Saturday. I'm going to see him Monday. Um, so I leaned heavy on them as a community, and my stepmom, you know, she played her part, you know, the best she could, is giving them a female role model uh, to look up to. So yeah, community, community. Uh, I had I done this completely on my own, my kids would be different people. Mm. Then they wouldn't be as as great as they are now. They would be great, but having everybody else definitely uh, contributed. I got a little brother and sister, they're 25 now. um, So they weren't that much older than my kids. Uh, They're twins, they led by great examples, uh, all that good stuff. So family community is everything.
0: So then let me ask this because, and then I know Kiyosha wanted to say something and then Xavier, so Neil, in having children so young, was there any part where your where people were like, "You're twenty years old. Like, what did you do?"
2: Uh, one person, my dad's old partner, um, Daryl, he expressed his disappointment in me once he found out that you know my, my you know my yeah. daughter was on her way, and. I couldn't care less. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not going to curse on the show, but everybody knows what I said in my head. Mm-hmm. If you don't get mm-hmm. out of my everybody care what you think. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm the type of person like, look, this is happening, for one. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's not cry about it and move on. And for me, for him to even say that was just like, why are you even saying that? It, it makes no point. I don't care if you're disappointed or not. You know, uh, this is what's happening. So mm-hmm. outside of him, no one else gave me any slack no one else. But all my cousins had already had kids by the time they were, you know, 18, you know, anyway, so I had them beat as far as waiting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, my dad was not, he didn't jump through the ceiling. He just, he held his composure, I'll tell you that because he was just quiet. And he was just like, what you gonna do?
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, Thank everything you. smooth, smooth support system. I'm telling you, it's everything.
0: It is. Thank you. Kiosha, were you going to say something?
5: Well, I was just going to say it's just listening to I mean, my husband's not on this call, but just I'm so fascinated by the different stories of all these dads. And um, from dads who had strong father figures to those who whose fathers weren't as present. And just thinking about um, how like in his life as a father, cause he was a father pretty young. He started really young. And just having to figure out how to be a dad in addition to how to be a man.
3: Because mm. when you
5: don't have the the strong father figure there you do things like spill coaching into parenting or these different there's there's some things missing when you don't have the father figure who has shown you these different things that only dads can do and that's just i mean i know we spill into different areas with motherhood and fatherhood but there's just something very um needed about a dad's presence, if not of his physical, you know, physical presence in the home, just his presence in your life. And so I wonder that through raising kids, have you guys really so we're taking it from or do you parent like your dad to looking at yourself and looking at your children. How much did your children teach you about yourself as you were raising them? Cause that's one of the biggest things I've seen in my husband. He's learned so much about himself mm. as a dad, as he was parenting as a dad, he just would see himself in his kids and he'd be like, oh man, I remember when I would, you know, and then now he knew how to address certain things because that's what he needed because he didn't have that. I mean, he had a dad that was in the house, but he was home, but not present. That's a whole other conversation <laughs> to be home and not present, you know? Mm-hmm. So how much of, of your parenting, have you actually, has that helped you become the man that you are today?
0: It's really good. Well,
3: I, I would say in, in my situation, again, having five children um, with each one, the style changed, you know, because you, you would learn after the first one, kind of some of the things you mm-hmm. did wrong and. You would react differently, you know, when when something came up with the second, third, fourth, and and by the fifth, um, you 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 were kind of getting more of it. I'll say right than wrong, you, you know. <laughs> um, you know, with the first one, you you sometimes get a lot of things wrong. You you know, because you're you're kind of winging it, so to speak, because there is no real
0: no manual,
5: <laughs> you know,
3: sort of guidebook to help you
0: but then you could almost say like the first one you were following there was no manual and by the fifth one you're like i don't give a shit yeah. anymore <laughs> yeah
2: but, but <laughs> that's what yeah, but it you, is. you really you, didn't you like you would think by the second one you get better <laughs> and the third one you get better and by the fifth one you're a black belt and a master and now nah, by the fifth one you just stopped <laughs>
3: I, I should have stopped after three I <laughs> The fourth (gasps) and fifth don't appreciate
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Okay, Xavier, let's hear from you. you Whichever part you want to answer, please feel free.
1: Uh, Okay. So going back to the question of um, parenting, do I parent like my dad? And I'm going to have to place my dad in a category of, uh, he tried more to be my friend than Uh, father. And um, so there was some conflict, there was some, there was uh, a little bit of uh, stress in that area, because as I was coming up, you know, and then there was also the element of him being in drugs, too. So uh, quick story, like, my grandfather was the pastor, my father was the organ player. So he would be you know doing church things and then as soon as his role was done on the organ, he'd be behind in the back of the church you know smoking dope. So mm-hmm. I took I took some very weird signals from that. Um, so what I learned from my father was all the things that I did not want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so another story was he would take me to the park, and he would enter try to introduce me to freebase which is some some form of crack cocaine oh my and gosh. i just i just said flat out no and uh so i took those signals as to um this is what i'm supposed to like witness so i know what not to do if i became a parent so um when i was bitter mad and frustrated and angry at the world for like 17 years Uh, and i was ready to forgive my parents i can now look at my dad and say thank you for the role that you played because i know what i'm not going to do when it comes to having kids Mm -hmm. Um, my mom was the same way she was younger than my dad so she said that she was the That my father was the only one that she was truly in love with so she chased him all over the place and as a result she got strung out too so i'm like huh so uh during that time when i was mentally incarcerated and mad at them i just you know i came to the realization that they did the best that they absolutely could for me by giving me to my grandparents because that was the only stability that i had in my life at that time so um, yeah, for me, it was like, OK, thanks, Pops. And uh, you know, now I know I can do things a lot better. And as far as parenting, like present day, all those incidents and, and episodes in my life helped me realize that I needed to take a permission first basis in parenting. So I would ask my daughter. You know, things like, do I have your permission to, you know, step in as a father or do you need me to just listen to you for a while? You know, we would, we would just get into conversations like that because I, I intentionally wanted her to feel like I was there. I mean, I have, you know, all the financial resources at the time, but I did want to help in any way, shape or form. So I just started learning how to ask better questions. And then those better questions led to better conversations. And I would like to think it led to a better life for her, if that makes sense.
0: Wow. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What you just said, and I would love to hear what anybody else has to say about this, permission first basis in parenting. Does anybody else have any comment on that?
4: Well, I think that, I mean, Xavier, that Thank you so much for sharing that um, that really personal story about your your development and how it how it ebbed and flowed and came full circle, right? To how how you are how you are as as a man and a and a father now, and um, the the idea of permission permission first. I think that that is. I think that's really important. Probably most of us, or a lot of us, you know, anyway, grew up um, with with a parenting style just purely because of societal norms at, at the time that that moved more towards the authoritarian uh, side of things, where we were told what we were going to do um, versus. Being asked and then guided or, or 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 redirected when necessary, and I think that it is so important that we um, treat our treat our kids um, as uh, human beings who are who are autonomous, right, and have the ability to um, make decisions for themselves within age appropriate uh, <laughs> ranges, right? Of course, um, right. but it's just so important that we. Help set them up like that, um, but now what I see going on all of the time um, in my in my um, in my therapy room uh, is uh, things kind of swinging to the other extreme, where it's just like no guidance whatsoever from parents, right? And so um, the the kids have no structure, and I think that coming someplace in the middle. Um, in some way, however, it works for your family culturally and all of that um, is is so important because it really does set the kid up for um, for for real stable uh, stable success uh, as as he or she grows and and matures. Um, the other thing I wanted to say too, also um, that Xavier. Xavier reminded me of is um, when he said, um, "You know, the best thing that uh, his parents knew they could do for him was give him to his to his grand, right? His grandmother or grandparents, Um, and from my perspective, you know, you're you're regardless." or regardless, I don't know the right word there, of what's going on in your parents' life. Um, Most parents are really just trying the best that they can with the stuff that they have. Um, And we're not called to be perfect, um, but there is the psychological concept of the good enough parent um, that is coined by, uh, a dead psychologist now called uh, Dr. Winnicott, uh, the good enough parent. And if we're all trying the best that we can, we're going to screw up, we're going to make mistakes. That's a given. But if we're present or we um, give the most that we can and then repair when we fall, um, our kids are going to be okay.
5: Oh, I love that.
4: I love the good enough parent. The good enough parent,
1: right. Right. That's, uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Tim, Tim because um, the other thing that I wanted to expand on uh, was the fact that I myself, being more inward looking, uh, I knew this about myself in, in high school as a fr- or a sophomore. And I actually remember this, I actually remember the shirt I was wearing, but the thought I had was, I'm a little different and that's okay, but I'm willing to look inside first and point at myself before before I open my mouth and point at others. That's very good. um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because think about it, as I got older, and I started listening to other people, you know, I'm, I'm big into personal development. and um, The career that I find myself in now is a lot of coaching, life coaching, nutrition, coaching, and um, personal training. And so people allow me into their lives and share these personal episodes with me. And I realized that for me, it was like, you have to be careful. Um, is it yeah. ego? That wants to speak right now or is it somebody that's operating on the frequency of love because the two are very different and they're very distinct energies mm-hmm. and so i found myself chasing the frequency of love more than uh, more than often and um, the results end up you know it's uncomfortable for me but it places me in a vulnerable spot and i think that um, vulnerability is somewhat lacking in our society today.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
2: great stuff there.
0: Thank you so much for all of that. Neo, did you want to say something before you unmuted and then?
2: Nah, I mean, it did not they said something about vulnerability. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of like curious as to where what rabbit hole we can go down with that, <laughs> because it does leave you open to, I'm just going to say attack, mm-hmm. um, as a father from outside influences from your kids from your mind yeah um, throwing certain thoughts at you so I was just I I would like to dive into the whole vulnerability and and where you guys think we could be more vulnerable and not be at any type of
3: risk well I I always thought that the and again and again learning from each child is um, the biggest thing to sort of came to fruition to me is like like I said is my my dad would have never admitted he did anything wrong you know in terms of how he uh, parented but I learned after you know my first that hey when you're wrong you're wrong and you should tell them because you know they need to hear that so that they can understand um, you know you know you you are changing and growing as they're changing and growing
2: mm-hmm. yeah. I, I like you? that. I was gonna say I've always been good with admitting when I was wrong, and if it wasn't a lot <laughs> growing up, uh, I mean, uh, raising my kids, but my daughter definitely taught me because she, you know, at one point in her high school career, she thought everything, you know, I was doing was wrong. Uh, she walked in there. Um, and, but it, it took me to start admitting it and start saying it. And then her eyes just totally changed as to how she saw me. Like, wow, mm-hmm. he, he admits when he's wrong like every time. And that now has them, you know, very accountable as young adults. So the vulnerability is definitely, you know, being able to say I'm wrong. That's a big one right there. Mm-hmm. That's another one that comes with being aware. Being aware of fight or flight mode, being aware when your ego is trying to win the battle, like you're going to die if you lose, being aware and knowing the mental techniques to take yourself out of that headspace. That's just the first step. Then you got to say something after that, you know, Mm -hmm. after you've moved yourself from that headspace. So I'm glad that things like the law of attraction and spirituality are really growing, you know, on this earth because more people will be able to say they're wrong. Gain that type of respect from their kids and their peers. And like my, my daughter and son had a best friend that were always at the house. And even they saw that. And
3: mm-hmm. they didn't
2: see that in their parents, but they take that with them to this day. You know, they're still friends, we still talk and, you know, BS on the phone every now and then, but they still get it. They still get the lessons that, you know, I made sure that every all the young people saw mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: Xavier, did you want to say something?
1: Oh no, I think uh, it was pretty well said. Neo uh put the nail on the head with that one.
0: He did. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe we are actually at the top of the hour and Kiosha, do you want to say anything or ask anything before we round this up because I have like three more topics for the next <laughs> for the next oh, no summit right? right? panel. I'm
5: just like content like just flowing through. With the yeah. number of questions and Neo's right, vulnerability deserves its own show. Yeah. That's like that has its own episode. I just want to say thank you. It is I am on this journey and from, and coming from a girl who's now a woman, of course, who did not grow up with her dad. Um, I've always been just so fascinated by fatherhood because my I had my grandparents, so my dad my grandfather was pretty much my dad, my mom's um dad. And but it but he wasn't my dad. He was my grandfather, right? So it's not the same thing, but I have always been so fascinated by fatherhood, even just very much looking forward to having a daughter for my husband cuz we have four boys and a girl, and she's the baby. And um just watching him grow in fatherhood and as a man and it's just so I think platforms like this and these types of conversations really shed light on the fact that you guys are nurturing your kids, you're learning from your kids, you're present with your kids, you're learning from your experiences, what not to do, what to do, like the same things that moms think of, the same things that moms um, talk about, even though dads probably don't get in a, you know, in a group and actually talk about them like we do because we're so like super emotional most of the time um the fact that you guys are willing to be because this is vulnerability to hop on a a podcast and say this is what i've been through this is where i am now and here's what i you know aspire to be for my children and so i want to say thank you that's a long way of saying (laughs) thank you for sharing that and for giving us all including myself i just love just hearing your stories for giving us all your perspective on parenting thank you so much pleasure pleasure pleasure
0: (laughs) thank you kiosha that was so 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 beautifully said um before i wrap everything up is there anything else that anybody would like to say
1: i got a quote from one of my mentors jim rome if you wanna know how to do things right, do things wrong.
0: Mm, yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that is so perfect. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you, Xavier.
2: You know what, I'm, I'm gonna throw this on there because I'm such a big advocate of it. I think everyone listening could stand to learn more about a little thing called the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. It is literally the formula to life. They, they, it's from the movie called The Secret, and, and they call it a secret for a reason. Most people don't know about it. It will change everything for you, and you teach it to your kids and put them on an amazing path, a way better path than, you, than anyone can do without it. And it has to do with confidence and willing your future into existence using specific uh, mental exercises and stuff like that. So everyone, please get into the law of attraction. Obviously you guys know me, neopositivity.com. That's that's all I do all day, every day I study that. And when it works, I I, I I release that new technique to the internet. So get into that. And, and that that right there is being vulnerable. That's mm-hmm. something's to most guys, macho, oh no, I can't. Trust me. Give in and give it a shot.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm jumping Go on to the to Neo it.
3: train.
0: Toot,
2: toot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Thank you. Jim, did you want to, was there anything you wanted to add? No,
3: I I was, thanks for inviting me. I had a, I had a great time. Thanks, uh, Neo and the rest of the team for, um, you know, you know, being so open with this whole issue.
0: Yeah. Thank you. TJ, did you want to say anything?
4: I don't think so. Just thanks so much for, for having, having dads on. I think it, like, like both of you uh, said when you were thinking about this topic, I think it is important. Um, it is important for for dads to be able to um, have conversations together. Um, you know, because we do think about it ourselves, but you know, not not all guys really huddle up and um, talk about this kind of stuff very often.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. And that's why we are so, so, so grateful that you all said yes to this. And it's just the beginning. It's just starting the conversation because you have to start somewhere. And I know it exists in other places, but where uh, what Kiyoshi and I are creating, everybody is a uh, magazine and a forum space. And um, to find out more and to get on our mailing list, it's going to be launching in January of 2023. Go to, it wasn't in the manual at gmail.com so it wasn't w-a-s-n-t in the manual at gmail.com get on the mailing list and we can keep you informed because there's going to be so many conversations ranging from um, pregnancy to empty nesters and all of this where we get to be a part of community because there is no manual there is
5: absolutely no manual (laughs) I looked (laughs) I searched. There's nothing.
0: (laughs) The only way we learn is by having the conversations and talking to each other and being real. So, gentlemen, thank you so much again. My heart goes out to all of you. Kiosha, thank you. Thank you. All those listening. And um, we will be coming to you next month with a new topic, which I have a feeling has something to do with vulnerability. So, yeah. (laughs) So,. Have a good rest of the, uh, have a good, wherever you are in the world, have a good morning, afternoon, evening, and look forward to talking to you soon. Please like, follow, share all that good stuff so we can spread this juiciness. Goodbye, everybody. Well, that was an inspiring conversation. This space is all about exploring the topics of parenthood that you will not find in any book, but it is real life experiences from all different experiences from parents. Our website will be launching in January 2023. So to get on the mailing list and be in the loop with all that is being created for you, just go to itwasntinthemanual at gmail.com. There is no manual, which is the adventure. Be talking to you soon.